Well, that was the intro to The Good Life. <laughs> um, it's cold out there, isn't it? First of all, I, listen, I, I've been getting text messages from uh, family in Buffalo, New York. Uh, so this ain't, this ain't cold, all right? I've been getting pictures. I've been getting all kinds of different stuff. And, and, uh, and so anyways, that my brother was like, he's in the part which didn't get it too bad. He's like, hey, Elijah, we're okay. We only got about four feet of snow. I was like, hey, you got it. You got it. Hey, we're, we're continuing in our series entitled... The good life. And uh, I hope that it's been life-giving to you, uh, even as we've been uh, journeying through this idea of what does it look like to live the life that God has called us to. John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly, right? More, more full, and so, and so we've been uh, in Genesis rooting out. We started off in, with, with uh, the story of the rich young ruler who is actually asking when he asked the question, how can I have eternal life? How can I live a good life? Really, that's what he's truly talking about. And then we, we landed in Genesis, and that's where we're, we've been, right? We've been kind of rooting around. Here's the basic components, right, that God uh, called good in the garden where human beings could, could flourish, and so uh, last week we talked about boundaries. Today I want us to, to continue digging deep as we uh, explore what are the components to live a good life. So would you mind standing with me? We're going to be in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. Uh, we're going to read this passage of Scripture together and then respond in prayer. By the seventh day, God completed his work which he had done, and he what? He rested. On the seventh day, from all of his work, which he had done, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, in these moments that we just have together, I pray that you would speak, Jesus. Um, yeah, that you would just, you just speak to us. That, that we would challenge uh, the structures in our heart that tell us um, to continue to drive harder. And that we would learn what it looks like to actually live a good life of rest, of surrender to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. A few years ago, you guys, you guys know I, I was pastoring a church in uh, a Buffalo, New York, and uh, a few years ago, I sat on stage just like this uh, in a chair. That's part of the reason why I wanted uh, to have this chair today. And I just looked out and I, I uh, said these words to my congregation at the time, that it is okay not to be okay. And at that moment... I was not okay. You see, I, I had uh, driven myself uh, to uh, the brink. I was, I was running really hard. I was working really hard. I, I, was, I was doing things because I felt like if I, if I do, then maybe something inside of me will start to feel because I had become, I had become numb. You see, 
what I was going through wasn't moral failure. Um, uh, what I was going through, I, I hadn't become this tyrannical leader at my church that was uh, worthy of a Christianity Today podcast, you know, the rise and fall of Elijah Shemenda, who knows. <laughs> but, but actually, what I was dealing with was burnout. I was dealing with burnout. This is, what, this is how the uh, World Health Organization describes burnout. It says that burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It's characterized by the feeling of energy depletion or exhaustion. It's increased by mental distance from one's job. But by God's grace, through therapy uh, and some study, what I started to realize is that I had succumbed to the lie of the enemy. I, I, I became a slave to the world of success. I, th- this is what was, was taking place, right? Like I, I, would, uh, I was following all kinds of pastors on Instagram, and, 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 and so like it just made me feel like I need to do more or I wasn't successful, right? And what seemed like these ministries that popped out out of, out of nowhere, these ministries were successful. Like they had been there for two seconds and I had been in the soil and just, and just digging away and my ministry looked like it was in neutral. And so I was like, God, like how, how come I'm not doing that? Like, I'm, I'm like I don't have lasers and smoke and all that. I'm just out here before the throne, you know. I'm like, God, you're worthy, Jesus, you know. I should be the one who should have all the accolades, all the stuff. And so, and so my reaction is like, okay, I have to, to do more. And if, if I do more, then maybe I can be more. And if I can be more, then maybe I'll be happy. And maybe, just maybe, I'll, I'll reach that all-exclusive uh, feeling of it is enough. Because then I will have accolades. Then I will have stuff. Then, then everybody will know that God loves me because I have worked my way to God's heart. I've done enough. And so I, I worked and worked and worked. I remember um, it was the week that uh, Justice was, was born. And I had been planning on uh, this conference that I had worked hard. I had flown in a friend. We had spent a ton of money. And Janie is literally uh, like within, I just had the baby a couple days. She's out of the hospital She's tired, and it's cold. It's buffalo cold. And I was like, girl, you better show up to church. <laughs> man, y'all, y'all, listen, that's a godly woman, man, because she should have just kicked me out. Yep. Because I was, this, I, was in this, I was in this place of, like, I had to do. I, I had to keep on, I had to keep on working. See, um, I was not yielded and surrendered to Christ. What, what, what happened is that I started to succumb to the, the way of the world. And this is what I really want to tap in today. When we, when we allow ourselves not to stop, when we allow ourselves not to look to God, there are these systems of the world that actually call us in, right? Th- that we actually give our allegiance to. And so, so for me, it was things like hurry and busyness and noise and distraction and isolation that captured my imagination. 
that, that I gave my allegiance to the world. And, and what ultimately cost me or what it started costing me was, was a healthy life, was a, a healthy relationship with my wife, was, was a healthy relationship with actually the people which I was engaging with in the church. I succumbed to the lie. Because the lie felt good. Because here's the thing. Like all of us, right? All of us. How many of you uh, like uh, feeling the instant, uh, uh, instantaneous feeling of results? Can, can I tell you one of the most beautiful things uh, when I'm cutting the grass? Like I, I, I go and my grass is long and then I cut the grass and then it's short. <laughs> and then I get to just look and say, I did that. See, see, see here, here it is. We love that, don't we? We love that feeling. Some of you are like, I don't like cutting the grass. But, but we love the, the feeling of accomplishment. And we love it even more when it is instant. And we fall prey to the lie. The same lie that the enemy uh, gave to Adam and Eve. See, see that the, this lie is, that, uh, is the lie of the serpent uh, is that if we eat the fruit, what will happen is that it will come quick easy, and that we will feel comfortable. Like, th that's the lie. I love the way Andy Crouch, uh, uh, if you guys have ever read any of his books, Andy Crouch engages with this uh, idea. Andy Crouch says this, right? That the enemy invited Adam and Eve to, to, the, to, to the magic of instantaneous, to the, to the magic of immediate results. But here's the truth about uh, this, this magic, that this magic of instantaneous delivers at first, but eventually demands more than you could offer, leaving you endlessly chasing. Le leaving you endlessly chasing. Because here's the thing. If Adam and Eve would have understood, right, what, uh, that, that what God had actually given them, what, is the, what does the serpent say? If you would eat of the fruit, then you could be like God. But here's the only thing. They were already like God. The Bible says that they were made in the image of God. So they were chasing after something that, that seemed better when they had already had it. See, that, that's, that's the, the magic, right? Like, if, if I can do it, then I will be satisfied. But God has already given us this. It's, 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 the same, it's, the same, it's the same idea, right? And the enemy goes on, he says, well, and then you will know good and evil. Mm. But they already knew good and evil, didn't they? They knew that going against God's rules and laws would not be for their benefit, but it would actually be to their, their detriment. But yet they, they succumb to it. Andy Crouch calls uh, the magic really th the thing that the enemy uses to, to allure us, right? And, and the thing about the magic is, is that it, it gives us what we want. It gives us that feeling. It gives us that desire. If we work hard, more than likely, more than likely, not every time, but more than likely, we'll get the results that we want, won't we? We'll get the raise We'll, we'll get the stuff. But most of us don't, don't really go into uh, working harder or doing more stuff so that we can be away from our family. We actually think that we'll have more time with family. 
But, but the problem with the magic is that as it fades, as that feeling of instantaneous gratification goes away, it still demands more. And the thing that we're looking for, right, if I have more power, if I have more money, if I do more stuff, then what will ultimately happen is that I will have more time with my family. And what we end up seeing is that we end up sacrificing the very thing that we are hoping to gain. And this is the problem when we give our allegiance to the world. And this was honestly the problem that I was facing. This is the problem that, that I struggled with. Because I felt valued when I, I did more. We, we tell ourselves a lie. If I do X, then I will satisfy that thing that ails me inside. And then I will be this to God See, the system in the world tells us that it is never enough. And maybe what, that is why God invites us to stop and to rest. Let's look back at the passage. God, the author of all creation, what does he do? He sits back and he delights in all that he has made. He sits back and he rests, not because of fatigue, not because he's tired, but he sits back to rest and he celebrates what he has done and he calls it good. When, when was the last time that you stopped for a second and you called good what uh, the, wor the work that you have been doing? When, when, when was the last time that, that as a parent, and I'm talking to parents for a second here, that you said it is good as you're going through the rigmarole of grabbing kids and taking them to games and sports and everything, and you just enjoyed the work of being a parent. When was, when was the last time that, that, that as you were coming to church and you were doing the churchy things and you were doing the things that you think that God will, will check off the box that says, hey, you're a good Christian today because you did this stuff, that you just enjoyed being in the presence of the Lord. You see, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about the day-to-day, -day, like, hey, I am working, I'm punching the nine-to-five. See, work comes in in this space, right? It, it comes in and can be defined by anything that is robbing us of God by the things that we constantly are doing. We've talked about it before, that God made us to be human beings, not human doings, right? He made us for our, our flourishing. He made us that, that we can live full lives. Like this is the call of the good life, to experience, to, to enjoy, to, to eat uh, 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 good food, to, to be with, with family, to worship God. But there's something that happens to our hearts when we give our allegiance to the systems of this world. There's something that happens in our heart when, when we say, okay, uh, like, I will not resist. I will, I will give in to the magic of the instantaneous. This is what I want to challenge you with. And, and I want you to see is that the truth about a good and beautiful life is that it is slow. The, the truth about spiritual formation in our hearts is that it is slow. It is difficult. And most often, it is not comfortable. It's not comfortable. 
if you're a teenager in the room, right, whatever you're feeling right now, anybody who's been living just for a little while, right, whatever you're feeling right now, whatever's most important, I guarantee you in 10 minutes it will not be as important as you think. I guarantee you in 10 years you might not even be thinking about it anymore. That doesn't mean that, that like we shouldn't care about stuff, but, but here's the, the truth, right? We want things right away. We want them fast. And that is the lie that the enemy continues to, to, to graft us into, to, to pull us into that, that like, like if we don't get it right away, whatever this big hurdle is, whatever this mountain is, if it's not accomplished right away, then somehow we fail and, and then we take our eyes off of Jesus. Jesus. And the truth about life is that it is slow. And it's day by day. And it's learning to to walk and it's learning to to feel and it's learning to to move through the dark because it is mysterious and and it is difficult at, at most times. But what you'll find the longer and longer you walk this life is that as you walk it with Jesus, he starts kind of just taking sandpaper to the heart, doesn't he? And some of those things, some of those things that, that, that I used to think like, man, like if, if, I, if this doesn't happen, then the world is going to burn. What, what I start to understand is that actually uh, God's been at this a lot longer than I have. And, and, and if I would follow what he is, th- this journey that he's calling me into, and if I would be willing to go through those really difficult moments, if I would be willing to stop, and not allow the world, the systems of the world, to, to rile me up, right? Most times, most times, what I will see is that what the world is calling me into is so unhealthy. Because here it is. The systems of the world will tell you that, um, man, this thing is going to burn down if I don't do more. But Jesus tells us, be slow. <laughs> slow to speak, slow, slow to be angry. He, he, he tells us to wait, to, to be patient. Isn't it funny that Jesus is never in a rush in the scriptures? He's never in a rush. He, he takes his time and, and, he, and he invites us into that same rhythm. The Bible says that God rested. I want you to think about this idea. The same God who spoke into existence and things started forming. He he says, God rested. Why would we fall prey to the lie? Why would we fall prey to the lie? See, God is calling us to rest. Some of us, some of us in, in this room who have been walking with Jesus or, or now are starting to, to walk with Jesus again, uh, some of you feel like, man, like, so, uh, why is my formation in Christ not where it should be? And for whatever reason, we do not look back at our own journeys and see that Christ has been walking us through this path. And we are not who we used to be. Because again, we fall Pray to the same lie that Adam and Eve fell prey to. It is slow. It is difficult. It is uncomfortable at times. But this is the beauty. When we give into Jesus, 
it is a good life. It is a good life, isn't it? God wants us to stop. See, Sabbath is the act of resistance to the world's systems by surrender. Sabbath simply just means stopping. This was the thing that I had to learn. That, that God was actually doing work in the slow pace in my life. That, that when I took time to stop, I, I saw that, hey, my wife needed me. She didn't need the, the accolades of a guy who's, gonna, who's his pastor and now he's, he's doing stuff. And, and, and so like people know about him and he's a good preacher and all these other things. That, that she needed me. My, my children need me. That my church needed me. As, 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 a, as a young pastor, I, my thought was like, hey, you know what? If I can get more speaking engagements, then like I'm doing stuff for God. You know what stopping made me realize? When I can stop and realize these are the people that God has called me to shepherd, then God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. This is the challenge that I, I, want, I want to have for you, is that what is the busyness that the world is telling you is okay that doesn't allow you to stop and reflect? What is that busy thing in your life that, that the world is telling you to, to dive into that doesn't allow you to, to enjoy community? What are we running to? Where are we going? I saw one guy driving through uh, uh, like stoplights only to find him parked at a McDonald's. It's like, where are we going? We, we, fall, we fall prey to the lie. I love the way John Mark Homer says it in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Her. He says, Sabbath is a practice from the, way of the, uh, from the way of Jesus by which we war against the cancerous restlessness of our age and instead take on the easy yoke of Jesus, our rabbi, to find rest for our souls. Is the ability to say, I am going to pause. What is the thing that you need rest from? Is it the work of comparison, of stress? Is it, is it work? Now, now listen to me. I am not saying that work is bad. Pastor Dan, uh, who uh, started this week, he's here now. I put him to work. Next week he's going to be preaching, right? He's going to be preaching about work. And so we're going to talk about, man, that's, that's no component in the garden. Work is a good thing, right? It's not a bad thing. But, but when work is put in the wrong place, then it becomes broken, right? When we don't start from a position of rest, then we will always toil and find thorns in the ground that will prick and bleed us. What is that thing that you need from rest? See, rest causes us to stop and be amazed by God and his goodness. Rest, rest 
makes us to stop and be amazed by God and his goodness. When was the last time you just stopped in the busyness of your life and just were in awe about this big God who is the savior of your life? When was the last time you just stopped and just were in awe of God? Sabbath causes us to rest and give up control. To give up control. When was the last time you gave up control and you let go and you let God and you put down the worry of every little second that comes and just said, okay, God, I I give it to you. I'm just going to worship you in this moment. When's the last time you did that? See, Sabbath causes us to delight and to celebrate our life with God in the world. Like when's the last time you just delighted in, in the goodness of God? Sabbath uh, causes us to worship by dedicating the day, a designated time to God. We do it, we, we, man, we do it, right, for all these things. We will dedicate our days to everything else. When was the last time you said, God, I, I give you this time? As Wayne uh, Muller puts it, Sabbath is not a burdensome requirement for some law-giving deity. You ought to, you better, you must, but rather is a remembrance of a law that is firmly embedded in the fabric of nature. It reminds us of how things really are, the rhythmic dance to which we unavoidably belong. Sabbath, Sabbath shifts our hurry to peace. It shifts our our busyness to margin. It shifts the noise to quiet. It shifts the distractions to focus. It shifts the isolation to community. When we stop, what we realize is that there is more at play than all of the things that we think are important. God stops and he celebrates and he delights in the work of his hands and he calls it good when is the last time that we shifted our perspective and we actually lived a life that we could say this is good this is good so here it is as you know i'm always going to try and give you a couple of ways that we can do this This is what I understand in this room. You might be feeling challenged. Okay, I am going to go Sabbath. I'm going to take all of my Sunday, and then I'm I'm all in, right? And I'm going to take the whole day. Take it slow and easy, right? Because what we want to do is we want to get into the habit of practice. So so what does it look like by to, to first taking a day, maybe Sunday, right, and taking an hour, and say, I am going to dedicate today by stopping, resting, delighting, and worshiping for just an hour, right? What, what, does, that, what does that look like for you? Does you say, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to do that, and then building. One of the really cool things, I, I know uh, some friends which really dig into uh, this, this idea of Sabbath that have been practicing for a long time, that they literally map out their whole day. Now, again, this is, this is after doing, the, doing this for a while, right? And so they have a 24-hour period. period. And, and they just say, no phones, uh, no TV, no nothing. We're just going to enjoy. And so they, they pick out like puzzles, 
Like, you know, those like really big puzzles. I don't know why anybody would do that. My son is really into puzzles right now. Like I can't even put together the like 20 piece Elmo thing, but like whatever. Um, and so, so anyways, but they, 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 they take out puzzles and they just with their children, they just work all day. And then they, they have food prepared that's, that's gonna, that, that they just have to pop in and they're ready to go and they eat. Then they'll go on like a hike. They'll go into nature. They'll just enjoy time with family. Towards the end of the day, they'll invite other friends in their community, and they just have a, a beautiful meal together. Right? Like, how beautiful is that? Doesn't that, doesn't that feel restful? Doesn't that, doesn't that feel good? So, so here, here it is. So let, let me give you, like, four questions. Four questions that, that you uh, can use so that, that it can help you. Man, just think through your day, how your Sabbath thing, whether it's one hour, whether it's all 24 uh, uh, hours. Just kind of stop and say, hey, is the ceasing that I am doing, is this, is this, is this normal uh, workday ceasing or is this something special? Right? Like, it, like am I stopping uh, the way that I usually stop? <laughs> like, I'm going to stop for a second and stop at a gas station, get a gas station burrito. Nobody do that, please. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's ceasing. No! Are you being intentional about how you cease? right? Number two, just asking the question, is what I am doing restful? Or is it depleting my energy? Right? So one of the reasons why uh, Jewish people in their Sabbath, when they stop for the day, they cook the day before, is because they want to take advantage of the day of rest. Right? So if, if like, if it's going to be chaotic for me, and I have to run around and I have to do all this stuff and I have to cook and all this and I have friends coming over because we're going to delight. That is not restful. <laughs> That's not Sabbath thing. Right? So, so, so asking the question, hey, this day, this hour, whatever, this time that I'm, I'm going to, to take advantage of t- to rest, uh, is this restful? Is what I'm doing actually restful? The third thing is delight, right? Does this activity bring deep joy in God? One, one writer says, does it bring a deep, visceral joy in God? Is, is what I'm doing, right? Does it just, man, like, do I think like, man, I have such a good father? Or do I think like, man, like God is a taskmaster, <laughs> He's asking more of me. I'm having to give up more. Right? And lastly, does this activity connect me more deeper with God, his goodness, and his beauty? I just want to keep coming back to this question. When was the last time that you were just in awe of who God was? I want to close out with this big idea for you. This has changed my life. I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And honestly, I found myself going back into the same, I need to work more, I need to do more when I came here to Overflow. True story. What I love is that I have uh, brothers and sisters in Christ which keep me accountable, right? So, so Andy, Andy Wong, who's one of our elders, I, I just... I, I go to him all the time, and I say, hey, man, like, I need you to help me keep accountable, <laughs> right? Like, I, I need you to help me keep accountable, because I'm finding myself in this place of work, and, and things are starting to fall apart around me. 
I'm finding myself snippy at, at my wife for no reason, right? Like, you know, she, she cooked mac and cheese. She didn't put extra season in there. What in the world is going on? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. But, but the truth is, it has nothing to do with it, right? It's because my, my soul is not at rest. Maybe the reason why I'm angry, maybe the reason I'm always frustrated, maybe the reason why I'm acting like this is because my soul is not at rest. Sharon Henderson, man, I, I love her. And y- y'all know Sharon, she don't pull any punches. She, she just tells me, hey, you need to stop. <laughs> I'm like, yes, ma'am, because I ain't going to get Sharon. She's like, you need, you need to go spend time with your family. I want, I want, who are the people that are challenging you to live this life that is so good, that is so peaceful, that, that is filled with Sabbath? This is what the scripture says, that the God of all creation stopped and he reflected and he said that it was good. I want to challenge you today in the simple conversation that we're just happening, having today. It's not some big message. And here's the thing. Here, here's the thing, guys. You, you can leave here uh, saying, like, oh, that was good. <laughs> That's great. And you can pocket it. Or you can live in the natural order that your creator created you to live in. And you can live from a place of rest. And in this world uh, that is slow, that is difficult, that can be cumbersome, what kind of people would we be if we moved from a, re- a place of being, Sabbathing and stopping and delighting and worshiping, rather from a place of doing and struggling and toiling? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, I just think about... <laughs> This, this word and how you just wanted me just to be open and transparent in my own failures. I know I struggle with this. I struggle with resting because I want to be in control. I want to feel accomplishment. I want to say I did it. And Lord, I pray if there's any brothers and sisters in this room that feel that way. That are trapped by the magic. That they would lay it down, Father. And they would lean into your rest. In Jesus' name, I pray.